Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, the New York Knicks beating the Philadelphia 76ers for the first time in over 15 games. I am Gavin Shaw, and tonight Alex Wolf has off, so we are joined by Pod Strickland's finest host, Schwinny Poo, and we are excited to get into it with him talking a big Knicks win, discussing whether this was more Knicks or Sixers, and getting into specifics, including big nights for Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, and so much more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto, amazing selection reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Once again, I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster for a variety of outlets, including Flow Sports, the NFHS Network, and Varsity Media. And I'm honored to be joined by, I, you can you can tell me this is fair after, Schwinn, the, the king, the king of Nick's Twitter. Is that, is that, too, is that too lofty? I don't no, know. I, th- I, I think maybe like the... Uh the dark troll like an like an evil ogre of nick's twitter maybe that's sure, probably but, but more in, in nick's land i think the dark troll is is the king so i'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> give you, I'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you the title um he is a staff writer at the strickland he is the fantastic host of perhaps my this this sounds bad because we're on mine but perhaps my favorite overall nick's podcast pod strickland listen to pretty much every episode it is absolutely Appreciate fantastic that. Um, yeah, Schwinny Poo. Um, Schwinn, welcome back to the show for the first time in a while. And, yeah. uh, yeah, we were, we were getting into it a little bit pregame, well, but the, the only reason I wanted to come on is because fucking Alex is in here. So yeah, that was, I, I, I knew <laughs> I got to learn. I, I, I tricked him into taking a night off so we could get you. Um, but anyways, let's, let's get into this. This is obviously a pretty spectacular win. First time, um, since I was, I was in college the last time the Knicks beat the Sixers was April, 2017, about five years ago. A 15-game losing streak for the Knicks to the Sixers. I found out during this game the second longest streak the Knicks have had against a specific team in franchise history. They lost 19 to the Celtics in the 1960s. Um, but tonight the narrative flipped, and it felt like I don't know, like a little karmic. Like I, I've just I know like ever since I've been doing this podcast, like the Knicks have played some really good games against Philly and just never seemed quite good enough. And Embiid is always too much for Mitch or whoever's playing at center. Like Ben Simmons is always like just kind of babying RJ a little bit, but Ben wasn't there tonight and the Knicks are a whole new unit. So Schwinn, I will start on this note. Would you say this game said more about the Knicks or more about the Sixers? Uh, Probably just more about the Knicks because the Sixers, you know, Ben's not there. Joel Embiid apparently doesn't think physical fitness is very important uh, in terms of playing NBA basketball. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they just have a lot of shit going on, so it is what it is. But I think it says a lot more about the Knicks because the Knicks played an amazing first half. Like, no joke, that was as good of a first half as they've played all season. I mean, not a long season. It's as good a half as you could expect a team to play um, against. Like, look, it, is is Philly at full strength? No, but I mean, they they still... They're still a good team. Um, you know, like they they 
nearly took Brooklyn out uh, last Friday. They probably should have won that game, to be honest. Um, and, and they've handled business in the other games. So I think they're still like a pretty competitive team. And the Knicks just destroyed them in the first half. Uh, the ball was moving around. Kemba found his footing at the end of the second quarter, which was really, really nice to see. Um, yeah, I mean, it just said a lot about the Knicks because I don't even think that like, like they put up 112 today. Uh, they had a six, 62 point first half and a 50 point second half. And if you just look at the box score, like, you know, Julius went five of 18 for 16 points, RJ four of 10 for 10 points. Um, you know, they, they didn't get like, it's not like anybody went off. Nobody really exploded in this game, right? Even Kemba, like, he had a couple of nice stretches, but he ended up with 19 points on 15 shots. It was a very collective effort. And the fact is that, like, without any, standout stellar incredible individual performance they kind of walked into 112 points and and they basically pissed away what like about seven or eight minutes there from the end of the third quarter into like the start of the fourth you know like they didn't they they kind of just took their foot off the pedal and yeah i mean i i think it says a lot about the knicks that they can even do that um and yeah i mean like look you got 24 assists on 41 made shots they also showed today that uh, they have the versatility to score in different ways. They only put up 37 threes today on 87 field goal attempts. Uh, they've been a lot closer to almost like 50% of their shots from three. I think maybe it was even like, I don't even know what the exact percentage is, but they've basically been around 50% of their total uh, field goal attempts from three coming today, but they got a lot around the rim today. Uh, I thought they showed some good physicality on the offensive glass. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that this team is really... It's pretty loaded and um, you know, like the depth is it's actually going to be tricky. I think for Tibbs to, to kind of manage it at times, but you want to have those, uh, those are good problems. You know, those are the problems you want to have. So yeah, I mean, this is, this next team is, you know, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a scary team. I think they, they've got a lot of weapons and um, you know, they're not even really humming yet altogether. Yeah, I mean, I, I said on our preseason prediction pod that I thought they could be a top seven offense. I was just reading through your thread of preseason predictions. You said you, you thought they'd finish top 10 in offensive rating, which is already relative to last year. And, and just Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think in another tweet, I, I basically think they'll be a top eight offense. Yeah. All right. So, th- so there we go. We're about on the same page. And like, that's like a very lofty standard in the modern NBA. Like everyone is really, really good on offense. It's a couple of exceptions here and there. Um, but to your point, I think Kemba's, pull-up shooting just unlocks an, another dimension for the Knicks because obviously they have that in quickly off the bench. Um, Fournier can can bring a little bit of that. Randall, when he's really feeling it, can bring a little bit of that. But you don't really have another guy on the roster who brings that to the table. And, and to me, like, it just became obvious. Like, that's when you start talking about, like, a team that looks like one of the genuine offensive juggernauts in the world because it just all these guys playing at their baseline – really stretches the defense to its fullest. I mean, I keep saying it, but you have four guys who can pass, dribble, shoot. Like, that. that is going to kill you defensively. But then you have another guy who is mixing in, like, raining threes over, like, the outstretched arm of Joel Embiid. That's, like, a different dimension of gravity that you have to take into account. And, and part of my, my whole pitch for the Knicks being that good offensively at the beginning of the year is, is what that gravity or, or and spacing meant for Mitchell Robinson and, and his ability to just be an absolute monster around the basket. And I think to your point on, on them not humming at full cylinder, I think Mitch is going to get significantly better in five games, even better than that at 10 games. 
assuming he stays healthy, a lot better than that in 30 games. Like, it's pretty clear watching him move that he's, at least in my opinion, like maybe conditioning-wise or maybe just in terms of, like, getting his explosiveness fully back from the injury, he doesn't look quite at 100%. And despite that, he's still getting, like, these insane, like, extendo arm rebounds and, like, creating second possessions and really good shots. Like, he got quickly, like, that insane, like, layup slash dunk. That was uh, maybe trying to be a dunk ended up being more of a layup. I think um, he got he got scared out of taking the dunk. I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe that the dunk. I would have lost my mind if he if yeah. he had flushed that. But um, he he really he, like he looks good jumping. But anyways, um, point being, um, that is another element. Like like dealing with like Mitchell Robinson at his size, still being able to jump the way he can. That's a problem around the basket, I and mean, you can't you can't throw extra bodies there because of all that shooting. And like and again, Kemba like being someone that on a night like this, you probably have to like shade an extra defender his direction. I, I just think you're you're putting defenses in an, quite a bind. And Philly, obviously not the same team defensively without Ben Simmons, but still a team with a lot of very, very solid guys on that end of the floor. And still with Joel Embiid, who's like arguably at his best, like the most impactful defender in the NBA. So I thought given the opponent, given the context, uh, this this was a pretty amazing performance. Um, I want to I, I wanna hear your thoughts on all that, but we are going to take a quick break and tell you all about direct tv stream does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff i want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package and we are back on locked on nicks wanted to thank you guys for making locked on nicks your first listen today and every day now on all platforms including obviously because you're watching youtube uh, Schwinn, uh, you could either respond to that or we could start going into like individual guys, trends, anything you've seen, the floor is yours. Uh, where do you want to take this? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Mitch stuff, I think is definitely a good, a good, it was good to see. Like he, yeah. he's committed a few stupid fouls, few like typical Mitch fouls. I think like what you're seeing is some of those fouls that are, that are out of habits, right? Because he's used to being overpowered. He's, he's not like, he's still kind of coming to terms with the fact that he's got this you know, 280 pound frame now. And he, he doesn't need to do some of the, he doesn't need to try to, to kind of do some of the, the kind of the things he had to do before to, to compete with guys that could muscle him. Um, and obviously there's also stuff like, you know, if Joel Embiid is taking a, a step back jumper, that perfect. Like you don't need to jump in. You don't even need to contest that shot. Just stand up straight, keep your hands up and you're good. Um, there's stuff like that. I, I think his fifth foul was, was one where I think he's probably feeling a little leggy. Uh, that was a drive at the end of the third quarter uh, from Korkmaz. And uh, basically, like, Korkmaz has a drive. He's guarding Drummond. All he has to do is take a step into the lane, block off Korkmaz's lane to the rim, and, you know, what? He's going to pass it to Drummond. Drummond's going to get a shot up from, like, 15 feet with two, like, a, a second left. Not even. I'll live with that. Um, instead, he kind of, like, tried to block Korkmaz from behind and just committed a stupid foul. Um, but like that, that stuff where you can just see that he hasn't played ball in a while and he needs to get comfortable again. So I'm not too worried about any of that. And and I think that, um, yeah, like even like you can see that kind of, he's still trying to work on getting his explosion back. Uh, I think you can see that 
on jump balls, actually. Like he, he got beat by Embiid on three separate jumps today. I think, um, you know, he, I don't think he's won a jump ball actually yet since he's been back. So, I mean, kind of like a, it, not that jump balls, they barely matter. Right. Um, yeah. so I'm not even, I don't even care about that. It's just interesting to see that because obviously one of his biggest, strong point as a player is just his vertical explosion right so um you know you you want to see that obviously come back and i think you can see it like when he's able to gather and go up around the rim uh you can still see he has that and i i think because he's stronger now he's able to take a little bit more time to load up and and jump up when he gets uh, a rebound the other thing i'd like to see is when he gets these rebounds now offensive re- offensive rebounds He's not just like immediately trying to jump and go up with it. He's actually able to gather the ball, kind of look around and, and you know, actually kick out for threes and stuff. He he kicked out a couple uh, that didn't directly lead to assists, but I think that Nick's got like a couple of really good shots out of out of a few of them. So um, those are the kind of things with him where, you know, you can see it. And also one thing I, I kind of noticed today, um, you know, it's it, you know, the, the pick and roll screen and roll. It's like a. It's kind of like a dance, right? With the partner, you got to get used to what uh, your partner wants to do, how he wants to use the pick, how he's going to do. You can see like Kemba likes to snake back into when he uses the pick. If he gets in, if he gets inside the arc, he likes to snake back. And you can see a couple of times Mitch is like rolling already. So they kind of like hit each other. Um, So you can see they got to like develop that chemistry and understanding and pick and roll. But also like, you know, again, this touches on Kemba too, but like once, those guys figured out like Mitch is going to get a lot more easy buckets than he's ever gotten before. Um, and I think the Knicks are just going to benefit a ton from just as a team from his vertical gravity. And he'll benefit from the fact that we got shooters now. Right. And and not just shooters, but guys that, that can put the ball on the floor. I think Fournier's hit him for a couple of really nice dimes in the last couple of games. Uh, Julius had a really nice one to him in Orlando, I think. Um, and Kemba obviously has had a couple like, so, so you can see it developing and um, yeah, I'm really excited for Mitch. Like I thought he did an exceptional job at Embiid when he was in the game. I mean, other than the foul calls that Embiid and some of those, like I, I tweeted out during the game, like just Embiid's not in shape. So he's like collapsing on the court. Cause he can't really like physically stand up. Yeah. The refs are just giving him fouls because of that. Cause he's not in shape and he can't keep up. Like he had one where he tried to drive baseline in the second half and basically just like, collapsed into Mitch and Kemba and he got a foul call out of it. Um, but uh, there was one very early in the first half where he tried to drive baseline and Mitch just kind of like stonewalled him. And I think Embiid M- was like taken aback, you know, like, wait, I've been pushing this guy around for three years. Like well, what's happening here? Um, so, you know, he has to, he's, he's still getting used to having a big body. Uh, I think, He's going to realize that like when he does get the ball, a dribble away from the hoop, you know, he hasn't even tried a a power dribble yet or anything like that. And I think when he really understands what his frame can do for him and he maybe starts experimenting with stuff like that. um, Yeah. It's going to be pretty scary. And like, to your point, I mean, some of those offensive rebounds he got today were ridiculous. I have no idea how the hell he even got them. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited for him. I would very, very, immediately offer him the full extension that they can offer him and, and sleep easy on it. Because I just think if he stays healthy, there's no way that that, that guy is not worth it. He's just, you can see like, he's not even back up to full, you know, full speed and he's already making 
a real difference out there. I mean, I think it's sort of what we were touching on in the first segment. Like, they're, the Knicks offense as a baseline is really, really good. And then there are just all these different accelerants for it, whether it's Kemba going off, whether it's RJ having a particularly good game, which we, we saw from him in the preseason, the regular season, like, kind of have yet to see him, like, at his absolute peak. Uh, Randall, like, having one of those nights where he's just making, like, fadeaway after fadeaway. And then Mitch, I mean, kind of what we just said, is, is sort of, like, the main one I'm looking for. And if he... I, like he just hasn't gotten to play a whole lot of basketball, like with good teammates in his career. And to your point on like pick and rolls, like that is just an element that's been missing because the Knicks haven't really had a real point guard. And even when they've had like decent point guard play, they haven't had the passing to take advantage of it. And last year, like he, he ultimately, like he didn't get a lot of time with Rose because one, he was hurt most of the time after Rose came and two, um, he, um, he like Tibbs didn't really mix the starters in the bench. But there's really exciting stuff here. I mean, I guess just continuing big picture stuff, we can get into that a little bit. The fact that Tibbs has been mixing up units a little bit more. Like, I I love it so much. Like, we saw a lot of Julius and Mitch um, with the bench. And when the Sixers were making a mini run in the fourth quarter, that was, like, a nice little wrinkle. And I I think Mitch's, like, physicality, like, really helped stem the tide a little bit. And Julius came back in and his passing was really good. And he set up, I think it was Kemba and Fournier for back-to-back threes. Uh, That was earlier in the third um, but I, I like I like the mixing and matching. Um, I loved what we saw from I mean, just just going through the bench guys like Obi Toppin tonight had that great like yeah. Panel. Obi Obi should have played more minutes tonight, like flat out. Like yeah. he he should have played more minutes. He, twelve is not he when he plays that good, you can't play him fucking twelve minutes. Like I'm sorry that as good as we closed out the first half. Uh, so you know this is another thing where it's like maybe Tibbs just knows better than I do, but like. I thought it was really weird when he pulled Obi in the first half because I thought Obi was playing great, like like really great. Uh, and he had like that that unit had just completely changed. It felt like a game, right? And after that first quarter, where you were like, "Oh God, this is going to be another like boring Knicks Sixers slugfest that comes yeah. down to like the final possession, and it's just going to be this fucking, you know, like it's going to be like '90s football where everybody's just running up the gut, three yards in a cloud of dust, kind of shit." Um, and instead that unit just came in and blew the game open. And I think Obi was a huge part of that. Uh, he's been like, I mean, other than the second Orlando game, he's been awesome. Like, I, I don't know how else to say other than that. Like he's been legitimately changing games when he comes in this year, which is like, like I, I know Rose, Rose has been great this year too. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I think a lot of as good as Rose has been, I really think Obi has been the best player off the bench this year so far i just think he's doing things that that just completely change our energy level uh change our entire pace how we're playing really opens up the floor uh i i just can't say enough about how good he's been playing yeah i, I thought i thought 12 minutes for him tonight is just nowhere near enough absolutely not near enough has to play more has to find minutes for him more and and i'm i love Taj. i'm happy Taj is back he looked good tonight so definite shout out to Taj. i thought those minutes when Drummond was on instead of Embiid, uh, you know, I would have at least liked to see a little Obi and Julius together again. Um, those lineups cannot get buried just because we have our center depth back. Like they, they got to stay in the mix. Those are really good lineups. They're really different lineups. They 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 offer uh, a different challenge to opponents that I think are re- that's that's really really tough uh, for a lot of teams to match up. So I I, I think he needed to get more minutes. I, I agree with you. I really like that fourth quarter lineup where our uh, Randall and Mitch came back 
uh, but they kept the three perimeter players from the bench on. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought that lineup maybe should have just stayed on and, and closed the game out because um, they looked really, really threatening together. And, you know, uh, I mean, that's all it is. But but I will say this, uh, the Kemba Randall two-man game at the end of the fourth quarter was was great. Like, they, we got great looks out of that almost every single time. Every single time. And it wasn't just like, oh, Kemba draws the double and kicks it to Randall and he hits a three. Like, that, there was one of those. Um, but it was also like, because he's drawing the trap, then Randall gets a chance to go downhill. And then all of a sudden, Randall's becoming a playmaker. Like, these are, there's just so many ways that they can, this team can hurt you. And like I mentioned earlier, like, I just think they're they're just scratching the surface. They're they're just figuring out like how to use each other, how to play off of each other. Um, I think you finally saw today like Kemba. I I mentioned this on our pod on Monday, uh, and if you listen to uh, if you're subscribed to our nine dollar Patreon, you can listen to the stricken roll tomorrow uh, with me and John where we talk about this. But uh, that was my shameless plug, by the way. Um, but it it's it just. Kemba just needed to play like Kemba and he did play like Kemba. And all of a sudden, like, you know, he doesn't need to rack up assists, right? Like there's so many guys who can take a bent defense on this team and use that to create for somebody else. Right. And it's like, that's all he needs to do. He has to be a scoring threat. And then he just has to make basic reads, hit the open guy and and be quick about it. Like him and Julius have to do this. And I thought you saw that today that there was kind of like this understanding from Julius in the second half where it was like, Okay, like I actually on this team, if I'm not shooting well, I shouldn't just keep shooting because we don't need me to do that. We actually have a bunch of scorers and shooters on this team. So the pressure is kind of off of me. And I, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought that second half from him, especially in the fourth quarter offensively, was really, really nice. And man, uh, Fournier just hit his shot is it's like effortless. Right. Yeah. yeah, it is just smooth. I think Ryan Anderson was on the call today and uh Fournier hit a three in the fourth quarter and you could just hear him like you know uh, he was yeah he 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 finished. Let's just put yeah. it that way. <laughs> As did Fournier. All right uh, with that let's get into a break. Thank our sponsors. Um we want to tell you about Bet Online. We're back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And this episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. 
rockauto.com. And with that, we are back third and final segment on Locked On Knicks, uh, joined by Schwinny Poo. And Schwinn, I wanted to respond to your point because I was about to essentially make the same one. I think everyone on this team has to adjust to how simple their jobs are now. Like literally one of my favorite plays of the entire game was Julius just, I think this was either late third quarter, early fourth. He literally just got a rebound, dribbled it up the court. And when there's someone like as big and physical and like intimidating with momentum as Julius Randle, he had like two or three defenders on him, like the other two defenders staring at him. All he had to do was shuffle the ball over to Kemba and Kemba just stroked a wing three. And it was like for Kemba's entire career, those shots have been and like, look, he, he showed what he could do in this game. He can make threes that are have insane, insanely high degree of difficulties. Julius's whole Knicks career, at least, and probably every stop before that, everything was like difficult. Like last year, he would get assists throwing like no look behind his head passes back to Reggie Bullock, just anticipating that Bullock would be in the right spot. Because when you have a guy like Reggie Bullock, who just isn't a threat to drive and isn't going to suck, or I mean, he'll suck out the defense, but they'll do it in like an aggressive way because they know he's not going to blow by them. Um, It's just a different ball game having like real shooters and like the intersection of those skill sets makes everything easy, right? It's, It's exactly what you said. Everything is really, really easy. And I think the issue last game against the Magic um, was Julius was, and you nailed it, he was, he was just forcing the issue a whole lot. And it felt like, I'm the guy, I need to be the guy. And it's like, nah, man, just just keep it moving. It's, and this, this team is a lot like, less less is more. Yeah. Less less is more for a lot of these guys. Like, like it's weird because I think, I think Rose just plays how he plays. Like, there's no, yeah. there's no, like, he doesn't really adjust to anything. And I mean that as a compliment. Like, he just plays his game. Um, so I think that that's why him and Obi to a degree, they're both just kind of like playing their game. And I think that's why they've been the most consistent players early in the season. Uh, whereas you can see like RJ is kind of like, like today he was definitely pressing because he's like, Oh my God, I haven't had a good game yet. Uh, I need to like have a good game t- today. And you could see like all of his turnovers were just him trying to do way too much, right? Like they're all him trying to do way too much. Um, I thought that, Julius in the first half was trying to do too much. Like you can see it like quickly he's, he's antsy quickly. He's like been working on all these point guard skills. He wants to like show off and he's trying to like figure shut shit out. And you can just kind of see it. And like, once these guys just figure out like, again, less is more like the less you try to do and just like, you know, Tibbs says it. And it's, it's, it is crazy how much of a robot Tibbs is. Cause I sort of got, I've heard him say this like 50 times already this season. But he's like, you know, the game tells you what to do. And like, really, with this team, that is just yeah. a fact. Like, you don't need to overcomplicate it. If the guy is open, make the pass. Like, it, it really is that simple with this team because you're basically talking about, if you just look, forgetting the centers, right? Forgetting, so not including Mitch, not including Taj, Sims, Noel, whatever. You look at everybody else can basically dribble, pass, and shoot, right? Kemba, Fournier, RJ, Randall. Rose, quickly, Burks, Obi. Uh, you know, literally, that's eight guys that can all dribble, pass, and shoot. It is not complicated. It is not hard. Just keep it simple. Like, no, nobody needs to play hero ball. Everybody just needs to figure out how do I sublimate, sub, you know, how, how do I sublimate my game into how we need to play together as a team? And, like, that sounds complicated, but it's, and it is, it's not, it's not easy. Like we saw with Kemba, right? Kemba's trying to figure out how can I be Kemba without like stepping on anybody's toes? 
Um, and that's that'll take a little bit of time. And I think him and Julius need to figure out how to like kind of capitalize on each other's gravity and strengths as scorers. Um, so that that's that's part of it. But you can already see like like really it's like they, all they did today in the fourth quarter was like, all right, Julius set an actual screen for Kemba. Kemba will draw the trap. He'll slip it back to Randall. Randall now can either shoot a wide open three or get going downhill. And it's like, you know, it's like a, a uh, the Knicks version of Steph Draymond pick and roll kind of, right? Like, obviously, <laughs> Kemba is not Steph. Uh, <laughs> not, trust me, I'm not saying that. Uh, but Julius is definitely a more dynamic overall offensive player than than Draymond. Yeah. Um, but it, it it just opens up the floor in, in, in ways. And, like, you could see that there were times that basically Randall was able to go kind of like four on three and a half, you know, because like his man is struggling to recover to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's, it's really, really nice to see that. And also like, it's nice that if you have a possession that goes nowhere with like seven seconds left on the clock, you can kind of just manufacture a decent shot because it's so hard to defend two man actions with a lot of guys on this team. Yeah, and it, it's kind of beautiful because to some extent, like, this means, like, everyone can just lean into the strengths of their game. Like, even though RJ was pretty quiet tonight, but I, I appreciated that he was quiet because we just came out, what, what was he, 5 for 17 last game? Like, tonight, 2 for 4 from 3, 4 for 10 from the field. But the two two-point field goals were him just, like, getting all the way to the rim. Like, one, he, like, came off the screen and just threw, like, a really, really nice little, like, shoulder fake that completely, it might have been Korkmaz defending him, and got all the way to the bucket. And, like, it's not hard, but like that, that's so easy. And then, and then you flip it and you look at someone like Randall who like, we're saying like, he doesn't have to force the issue, but at the same time, like he can be someone who, as we said, brings the ball up the court, takes two dribbles and nails an elbow jumper in someone's face, like runs like an inverted, like pick and roll or, or like a little give and go, or like my, maybe my favorite play of the game from him was like, they had this really nice passing sequence off a of steal, caught it on the wing. So I had Tobias Harris on him and said, screw this. And like, this is what, what he did against Franz Wagner the other day with Knicks results and just sort of bullied him under the basket. And because the Knicks have all this shooting, like the Sixers couldn't really help from anywhere else. So Embiid has to come over. Randall just shuffles it around Embiid's arm and Mitch gets an easy dunk. And it's, it, it's sort of like. They it looked can, like the Hawks, right? Like yeah. that's, that's like what, cause I remember that playoff series last year. Yeah. Just being so annoyed with like, it's like, wow, you're playing a good, you have like a good possession defensively but it's like you are always going to give up a decent look just because you, they have so many different answers yes, like they can answer any to. question basically yeah you you have to um i i will say this um the knicks defense uh there are like i'm not gonna say concerning signs because i think a lot of it is just like let's be there's a couple things at play here in yeah. the second half uh, you can tell the knicks were one, they got up 27 and they were just like in they they the brain turned off, right? They were just like, all right, let's just not get hurt and get the fuck out of here. Um, the other thing too, though, I think is like they're still getting their their regular season legs under them. Like there's definitely a level of like they're not fully able to go hard for 48 minutes yet. But that's natural. Like that's that's okay. This is not like a a Joel Embiid thing where they're just like sucking wind and they're not physically in shape. It's just like they're not ready to like be excellent NBA players for 48 minutes is probably the best way to put it. Um, that's okay. That's natural. That'll come. I'm not worried about that. But um, what I do think is not again, not concerning, but it's definitely something like Tibbs will watch the film and like 
you know, I, I tweeted this like he's gonna watch the second half film and probably have like a fucking aneurysm. Um, they're giving up way too many corner threes that that they don't need to give up that like shouldn't be given up, right? That they're, they're you can see on a few of them. Uh, there are times where they're, you know, uh, when we give up penetration down the in the paint, strong side corner guy is tagging down way too low. Even I mean, both weak side and strong side, they're tagging down way too low and making that pass easy. Um, they either got to come down sooner to tag on the, on the roll man and then recover out, or they've got to stick to their corner shooter a little bit, a little bit more and trust that Mitch and Taj can, can clean up. Uh, I don't know. They, they got to clean that up. I think that's not like a huge concern. That's actually kind of similar to shit that was happening at the start of last season too. Uh, and that got tightened up over the course of the season and they restricted teams to less three point attempts. So, but that's something to, to watch. Um, I think the other thing too, and we saw this a lot today in the second half, and we saw it a lot against Orlando in the second game against them, getting back cut off the drives. Uh, yeah. so that that that's just something that cannot happen. It's Julius today. Let's be honest, like really lazy defensive effort from him at various points today. There were a couple times where um he just completely switched his brain off, and Tobias Harris was able to back cut for easy uncontested layups. Um, and then there was also a few times where he thought he got fouled offensively, started complaining and lollygagged on his way down the floor and gave up an easy kind of like they, they got an easy looks at the basket out of it. Uh, you know, like, look, stars do that. That's just something the next time I, you're probably have to go live with that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the back cuts and that kind of shit, like those are things that you just can't give those up consistently because that's just way too easy. Right. It's like, a back cut is basically the easiest two points that a, a, a team can get. Um, so they got to be aware of that. And, um, you know, we'll see. Like, I, I think, I, I don't, I don't think it's something to be concerned about. I just think it's something they need to clean up. That's probably the best way to put it. So, and I think they will clean it up. I do think they will clean it up. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, th I think the beauty of this team should be that energy is never a concern, right? Like there shouldn't be like, I mean, maybe maybe specific games where, where Julius is playing 42 minutes and just gassed on one end of the floor. But outside of that, like everyone should be going full effort. And I think Mitch, I, I still, I, I said this earlier, but I very much believe there's another level for him to go in terms of mobility and to sort of like, um, like uh, if, I, if I can use an Avengers analogy, like sort of smart Hulk himself where he, he's like in the new body, but he has like all the like quick twitch and defensive instincts that he showed off a year ago. Um, I think that guy is still in there and I'm excited to see him um, in terms of like individual guys and like specifics, like just very, very solid game for Evan Fournier, 18 points, four for six from three, four assists. Like he, like, I, I think earlier I was talking about how like all the other guys in the starting lineup are kind of accelerants. Like, to me, I look at him as maybe the person I expect to be the most consistent player on this team, at least offensively, like someone who, I mean, just very, very reliable hitting shots on a night to night basis also had like that insane, like, and one floater um, in the fourth quarter to your point, like the pass to Mitch was like a very simple play, but just like good dexterity for him to get it over Andre Drummond. He was someone I was really excited about. We already mentioned OB, just great activity around the rim. Love the dunk he had. IQ, maybe the play of the game, dropping Tyrese Maxey and banging that three, then the near dunk. Um, and it just, it, it feels like a situation where, again, they could afford an off night from someone like Alec Burks. They could afford, uh, obviously, Taj Gibson not providing a great effort. Like, inevitably, like, six or seven guys should be really, really good on a night-to-night -night basis. And I'm, I'm fascinated, like, as they continue to play, like, better teams and better defenses specifically, like, 
and maybe this is a good note to wrap up on if, if you have any final thoughts on this like like what happens like when the Knicks offense and like some of these guys are like pushed to their limits is that when you say all right Julius we need you to do a little bit of what you did last year or like or it could be on the bench and it could be like IQ like this is like the time for like some self-created threes which I mean obviously he had the one today but they don't really need for him like that's not that's not an essential element right now but I'm curious like where they find that balance between again just keeping things easy and saying against this opponent on this night you have to shift it back a little bit in another direction yeah uh I mean I think again like the, to, to quote Tibbs the game tells you what to do and like yeah. This was just a game where Julius didn't need to, he didn't need to take over. Like, no, he really didn't because, you know, Kemba kind of t- did the takeover moment. And other than the Kemba stretch where he's just kind of like in a zone in that pull up shooting zone, everything else just came from playing within the team concept and keeping it moving and playing for each other and all that, all that good stuff. Um, the biggest thing with this team is like when they play defense and they get stops, especially with that bench unit. They, they can run and they get yeah. out on teams and they're really fast. Like I, I don't think that can be understated. So I definitely am uh, interested to, to see how that develops over the course of the year. And like, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that there's, there's just still so much meat left on the bone. Like there's, there's so much more that can be done with this team. Uh, I think, I hope, I think, I don't know. Sure. I think we'll see a little bit more offensive creativity too in our sets. There's definitely been some interesting stuff uh, early on, but I think we'll continue to see that evolve. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more like wing, wing guards setting screen, wings and guards setting screens for Julius as a ball handler. Um, I would like to see Julius getting pick and roll uh, touches with Mitch as the as the as the role man too. Like I, I just think there's a lot of interesting things you can do with the personnel on this team, and. Um, you know, they're there again. I just can't. I, I'm very, very excited to see how this team develops over the course of the season. I'm very excited for the game on Thursday. I think, uh, I think that will be a really fun game against Chicago. Uh, I would love to to be the team that uh, that that uh, blows up their undefeated record against uh, you know some of the league's real, real elite uh, teams uh, that they've racked up here. So, um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty pumped for this season. I'm pumped for this next team. Yeah. Uh, it, it, feels, it feels like a weirdly big game almost against the bulls. Like, like this could end. And it's almost, it's weird to say because like right now, I think we're sort of on the same page and we've kind of been like saying the same thing, this whole podcast without saying it, like there could be something special here with, with the Knicks this season. Like there is like, it does have like slight 12, 13 vibes to me, but the, the first 15 games are almost so light. It, it kind of feels like you're gonna have to look like specific moments against specific teams and kind of get a gauge. Like, all right, is this just the, like, against certain opponents, are they just going to look amazing and, like, the best teams in the league going to be able to take some of this stuff away or, or conversely take advantage of some of the stuff on defense? Or is this just sort of who they are? And I guess that question will ultimately be answered in time. But, Schwinn, thank you so much for joining me. As always, uh, can you tell people uh, one final time where they can find you on, on social media? Obviously, you got your Twitter handle right there and, and all your work in general. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, follow me on Twitter uh, right here at Schwinny Poo. Uh, you can find, sometimes I write uh, for the Strickland, that's the Strick.land, but I do do a weekly, a bi- I don't know how to, twice a week we drop episodes uh, of Pod Strickland. Uh, so you, you can you can check that out. We The, the Pod Strickland on Monday is completely free. Uh, if you want, if you want to listen to all of Pod Strickland on Fridays, you can subscribe to our Patreon for six dollar 
the $6 tier or above gives you access to that. Uh, you also get access to the Strickland Discord where you can converse with us. And basically just all we do is talk about the Knicks and basketball and the Sopranos. And lately we've been talking about Dune a lot. Uh, so if you're into all those things, definitely worth your time. Uh, and also uh, for the $9 tier and above on our Patreon, you get access to a solo pod that I am doing uh, called Strick and Roll. Uh, I am on with Jonathan Macri uh, for an episode tomorrow. Um, and also, the more important part of that $9 tier is uh, you also get access to weekly articles from Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, probably two of the best Knicks writers around. Um, so definitely check all that out. It, it's it's good. I think the site obviously looks great. Uh, no thanks to Alex, who does absolutely nothing. Um, and yeah, I mean that, that that that's the long and the short of it. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped for this season. So, thanks a lot for having me on, Gavin. I, I was gonna say the one I really did miss your you typical vitriolic banter with Alex, but you're able to get it in when he's not here to defend <laughs> himself. So that's that's just awesome. Uh, thanks again, Schwinn. We'll talk to you soon. This is Locked On Knicks. Uh, until next time. Well, first of all, subscribe, please, on YouTube. It's it's a big big help if you're listening just to the audio version. Once again, we are on YouTube. Uh, you couldn't see Schwinn's beautiful face this time, but we promise uh, next time around we'll be sure to get it. Um, so throw us a subscription, uh, throw us likes on videos, like share to your friends if you can. It, it is a huge, huge help and allows us to continue doing this uh, four to five days. But until next time, Gavin Schultz signing off. Peace out.